Welcome to the Immutable Mindset. Join hosts Kevin Logan Jr. and Adam Posner as we uncover the captivating human element within the Web3 and blockchain technology space. Follow along as we go beyond the trends and developments tapping into our guests' journeys, motivations, and expertise of the visionaries who are forging the future of our digital world. Tune in and be inspired by the passion, creativity, and resilience that drives these pioneers. Let their stories fuel your own curiosity and spark the desire to be part of this revolutionary movement. Welcome to the ultimate Web3 storytelling experience. Stay curious, my friends. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's Immutable Mindset for Friday, May 12th. This is episode 13, and we'll get to our replaying of our 417 live show with John Kraske and Justin Shanker in a moment here. But Kevin and I have something really important to talk about. Meme coins, aka shit coins. And over the last, I don't know, four or five days, my WhatsApp thread with Kevin has been out of control. Yeah. Is that what we're gonna call it? Out of control? Out of control. There's a new segment called Out of Control. Out of control shit <laughs> coin edition. And I gotta tell you something, Kevin. FOMO is real. FOMO is real. You look at people who are all of a sudden, one dude's like, I just paid for my summer trip to the Mediterranean by putting in 200 bucks into Pepe or Turbo. Yeah, you know, it's nice to be early. It's nice to be in those, you know, Discord groups and those big brain groups so you can get in early so that then you can get on, hop on Twitter and tell the story about how you put in uh, a dollar and, and now you're the Sultan of Brunei. We were a little bit late, weren't we? I think so. And, and the way I thought about it was it was a mix of FOMO because I saw people doing I'm being pure, like yeah. radical candy here, folks listening in. I wanted to make a buck or two. I saw people doing it. B, I wanted to learn. I really did. I wanted to learn for the show. And believe me, honestly, full disclosure, I literally put in a couple hundred bucks into Wawa just to watch it ride, just to understand the process. Kevin taught me the basics of Uniswap. It took me two seconds. I figured it out. I had extra Solana to burn. That part was all part of the learning and just being involved with it. Yes, it's dipping right now. It could still go back up, but I didn't bet the house. I didn't bet the rent money. I put in enough money where just like gambling, you go to the casino, only bet what you could afford to lose. Now, you're a real DJ and that shit goes out the window. And I'm a real DJ. So I got in, I quickly 4X'd my, my money, took it out, and then got back in again because I saw the chart break down, got back in, 2X'd it, got back out and said to myself in true degen form, do not, don't you even think about going back in. And then I got back in and <laughs> I'm about even, and that's where we're at. So um, kind of just letting it ride. But the one thing I can say, Adam, is I have had more fun. So much fun. Communicating and trading and learning and learning. And laughing. Yeah, we're not learning, we're gambling. Let's keep it real. But what's the difference between this, honestly, and going and getting a drink and having fun in the casino. What's the difference, Adam? It's the same thing, but, what, but what's the deal? Break it down to me. When people say that the meme coins, the shit coins are good for the culture, is that because it's the action and the activity, which the, only the DGENs are saying, or in theory, because people are gonna take their winnings and reinvest it into NFTs and other parts of it and not you know, go on Mediterranean vacations or pay their bills? It has so much to do with just narrative, right? Like we, we have all these protocols and all this technology that we try to explain to people in this esoteric way. And that's what it is, it's esoteric. But if I describe a meme coin to you, if I describe Pepe to you or Turbo or whatever it is, I can make it make sense really simply because there's a narrative behind it. 
And so that's what it is. It's for the culture. And that's what culture is. It's a person-to-person, peer-to-peer narrative. That's a story that makes sense. This story makes sense to people, so it's easy to attach, and then you buy. But if I start talking about consensus algorithms and L1s and L2s, I've lost you. So it's just the simplicity of a story. Well, let's talk about the the Turbo one, for example, because that's a very interesting story. The Turbo one was created by, by an AI and an artist, right? There's a story to that one. And it's a compelling story. Right, and that, and that one I understand. Not like Wawa, where I just threw money at a wall and it, and it fell into the sewer. That's right. I mean, is it going to get to the to the Doge SHIB levels? You know, I don't know, but it it sure as hell has a hell of a lot more compelling story than that, right? Yeah, but the psychology behind this real. I mean, you and I are going back and forth all weekend. I was like, get in, get in, get in. I'm like, Kevin, take take take, take your paycheck and double down for me. And you're like, bro, hold the hold up there. Like, we're not we're not doing that. That's not what we're doing here. You have to be responsible for your own money. You have to make your own decisions and you have to be able to control your own fate. And I totally respect and understand that. The point I'm trying to get here is the psychology of it. I was straight up FOMOing. We know that these things move by the minute, by the hour. And if you don't get the timing in right, you're, people are playing the dips here, the dips and valleys. And the, and but the, you know and what? The there's, a, there's a great learning experience right there. And I just want to end it with this. Adam wanted me to, <laughs> to invest for him. But that wouldn't have given Adam the lesson, the learning experience that he has just gotten by losing money. And I'm not joking, people. That is a lesson of in itself getting, you know, actually, actually depositing the money, downloading the app. Like all that is an experience that you absolutely need to have. And the only reason why I was able to instruct Adam not to put the rent money, not to double down or triple down is because I myself am a DJ that's gone through it. I had my learning experience. So now Adam had his. So guess what he'll be able to do? He'll be able to help the next person that is in this FOMO place because now he's experienced it. And that's the power of getting involved. So this is onboarding. So so basically what you're saying, Kevin, the onboarding. onboarding everyone into DeFi and crypto is going to be shitcoins. Making you know, I mean it hey, if you if you made a little bit of money, I think you're sure as hell going to be more curious and interested about how you can make more or what this whole thing is that you got involved in. Then again, if I'm talking about L1s and gain, like all this stuff that doesn't meet you where you're at. So hell yes, we're adopting one shitcoin at a time because it makes sense. And then from there, let your curiosity show you the way. And with that being said, let's jump into episode number 13 of the Immutable Mindset with John Crassy and Justin Shankro live from the Immutable Mindset. Thanks. What is up? What is up? What is up, everybody? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the first ever Immutable Mindset Live. We've done the podcast yeah, before. You guys yeah. can check it all out. But what's happening, Kevin? Well, it's a Monday morning for me, Monday afternoon for you, evening for John, who we'll be bringing on soon. But uh, everything's great. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to get this day started, ready to get this talk started. We've got some two awesome guests doing a lot in this space. I'm just ready. I'm just ready. How about you, Adam? I'm doing great. So let's get the show started because I know it's uh, almost John's bedtime. He's got to be up at 5 a.m. to hit the gym. I know he's got his trainer waiting for him. So let's get to it. Let's bring let's bring our guests on and uh, do a quick round of introductions. Gentlemen, welcome to the Immutable Mindset Live. What's happening? What's going on? Good to see everybody. We just wrapped up NFT NYC. Just thrilled. We got John in Dubai holding down the Middle East. Great to be here with you guys. Well, it is awesome. So quick round of introductions here. We're going to start with our man in the Middle East. His name is John Kraske. I don't know what his official title is besides Rolls Royce Connoisseur. 
the poppin' collar king poppin of Dubai, collars. the king of LinkedIn, Mr. John Kraski over at Landville. How's it going, man? Thank you. What is going on? Yeah, I guess my official title is Director of Strategic Partnerships at Land Vault. You previously nice. had on Sam Huber, my CEO, a few weeks ago. I don't know. Yeah, we interviewed Sam a couple of weeks ago. Up. That episode is dropping dropping in a couple of weeks. Excited, excited to share that. So you're actually going to be on first if you think about it, because this is a live show. So the content is actually live now. Sam's show isn't coming out for a little bit. But how's let, oh. let, let's talk? Yeah. So you're actually first mover advantage. So let, let's talk shop for a moment here. What is it like to? I'm a serious question here, man. Like lifting up your entire life and and moving all the way around the world to Dubai. It's it's a new city new people getting acclimated, like even things like finding your dry cleaner and going to the supermarket, you know, feeling comfortable there. What's that like, man? Yeah, I was actually just thinking about that. I've actually now found kind of my, my favorite smoothie spot. I found a burrito <laughs> spot. I found a burrito spot. I've, I've been there like three times in the last five days. So yeah, I What's found important? a burrito spot here, the burrito spot. I have I'm, not I'm actually, York, but I'm actually supposed to ask you about that. You, you, you brought it up. And Dennis, yeah. Dennis Fantasy asked me to ask you, what's yeah. the best burrito spot? So what's that What's that burrito spot name? Uh, it is called, well, it's in the mall. It's in the Dubai Mall, which is actually literally 100 like, New York City long. It was insane. So the burrito spot is called, hold on, let me pop it up. It's I'm gonna do a, we're, we're doing a plug for the burrito spot in, in Dubai. Right. This burrito <laughs> spot better be sponsoring this episode. Oh. It is. We're gonna, we're gonna have to back channel it for the replays here. It is called Takato Mexican Kitchen. Well, if you're ever in the greater Dubai area, please check out Takato Mexican Kitchen for all your burrito desires and, and needs. So, did you like? I mean, I'm just curious. Are you renting a spot there? Did you have to? Was it furnished? You just kind of plug and play. What's it like for folks that are thinking about you know making the move over there? Was it pretty easy? Yeah. So Sam and I are both doing these furnished rental apartments. It's Sonder. There's Sonder, and I think there's another place called Landing. Those are two of the biggest ones I know. But Sonder, yeah, it's ba- it's basically like I'm in a hotel, but it's a furnished apartment. So pricing is comparable to LA, New York, Jeez. seamless. They actually to answer the dry cleaner question from Kevin. There's a dry cleaner here, so I've already done two rounds of a uh, dry cleaning service here. I have a gym, pool. There's a restaurant and cafe. It's seamless. It's honestly. It's more like America here than Europe. I was expecting it to be more like Europe, you know, obviously. Oh, interesting. Because uh, we're closer to Europe, yeah. But uh, lots of Starbucks, lots of Starbucks, lots of Dunkin' Donuts. Lots of Dunkin oh, Donuts. boo. Yeah, uh, Pizza Hut. There's some, lots of Pizza Huts here. There's a Domino's, I think. I'm looking at a Domino's across the street. Yeah, 90% of the people here are expats. So there's actually not that many Emiratis here. It's great. You know, it's, it's, you know the thing I'll say about it, like, I, I know I've been talking about, like, how, how clean Let's and know. safe it is. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, and obviously there's there's severe ramifications for doing bad stuff. But the reality is, as we know, in America and parts of Europe and other parts of the world, there's like no ramifications for doing anything bad. So, I mean, maybe it's a little extreme, like but you know what? I'm walking, but I'm walking down. Florida, I mean, I left my laptop. I left my laptop at the coffee shop yesterday. Not even joking. Four hours. Just left it. I was like, because people said, oh, don't worry. So I was like, all right, I'm going to trust these people. We're going to test and it out. I That's awesome. back, and it came back and it came back and it, it was it was still there. Wow. And it's super clean. I mean, I was literally walking at the mall, like outside of the mall. And there was literally two guys sweeping on top of my shoes. Like they were literally <laughs> sweeping the street. I've, I've like, heard anyway, it's the cleanest like, place on earth. 
Well, that's it is the that's, greatest place on earth. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's, it's that's great, great marketing. Great marketing. And yeah, the, the tourism board of Dubai should be paying me, honestly. I'm, I'm pumping them up so much. That innocence, that, that sense of innocence you have as a child when things are safe and you don't think you don't understand that the world's like an evil place. I have had that feeling when I got here. That's the crazy part. Like I did that's not know that you could actually recapture it, but that is like that is what has happened here for me. Hey, John, so to that, don't ever come back to LA because that innocence will be gone. Opposite. Like that. Yeah, don't even think about going to my LAX. The moment your plane touches ground, the innocence is gone. Yeah, don't and don't go to Miami to to that point. But before we before we dig into that, I just and Kevin will double back to John in a moment here. But we'd be remiss if we didn't do a proper introduction from my man Justin down there. Justin is a man of many talents and 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 many voices. You and your kids may know him from some of your favorite childhood cartoons like Hey Arnold, and now he's doing a couple of uh, amazing Spider Verse and. And correct me on the, on on that one. Spidey, but, Spidey and his amazing friends, where I play Rhino, where the the number one cartoon on Disney Plus for two to six nice. year olds. Where so throw out a little Rhino. Hey Spidey, get over here! Or I'll web you up. And there you go. And 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 my my five year old and and Kevin's two kids are are definitely checking and that one out. But Justin, why don't you fill us in? Uh, talk to us a little bit about your journey and what you do in the Web three NFT space. Well, John and I have NFT Heat, which which both of you were on, and with, that was a fantastic episode. So we've been doing that a little over a year now, which is just an incredible podcast. And candidly, it's a TV series now with Alter awesome. TV. So we've been doing that for the TV portion roughly six, six months now. And it's been wonderful. We get to bring on thought leaders like yourself talking about Web3, the metaverse, and we're expanding into AI and all different types of technology. So that's been a blast. And then I also have the animation studio, Web3 animation studio, where our team comes from a lot of the wonderful cartoons like Spongebob and Hey Arnold and South Park and Rick and Morty. And we work with some wonderful NFT projects to help them do cartoons, expand their content so they can actually monetize and build a larger audience than, you know, just the 2000 folks or 2000 DGENs that are in their discord so they can actually monetize and grow. And then we also have a, a daily animated cartoon show called The Morning Fork, where we it's a parody show where we make fun of NFTs, crypto news, okay. and all stuff like that just wrapping up nft nyc which i guess officially ended saturday or so so i'm feeling a little bit of the ramifications of that yep. but it was cool to see so many friends and make new ones and before before we get into i'm gonna before i toss it over to kevin just some quick thoughts on nft and why and and john we know that you're such a proponent of the of the cartoon tiesto fueled parties and there were those right there are those parties and, and in my humble opinion i think there's a huge value to those from a networking and connection perspective obviously there's a lot of bullshit there obviously it's still a party but it's still a good opportunity to connect but aside from that the more intimate in my experience from the day i was out on wednesday I was at intimate events where I really got to connect with the people that I wanted to, decision makers within the Web3, within the NFT world, the builders that were still there. They're talking about what they're working on. We're connecting on the future. And from a hiring perspective for what we do, we're in a stalemate right now. We're really not moving the needle on, on building. And, and the VC funding is, is starting to, well, it has certainly dried up a bit. So we're in a place now from our perspective where we're just going to double and triple down on those relationships and continuing to add value. So from my perspective, beautiful weather here in New York. Great events, good people doing things, but I'd say about a third of the turnout. What was your take, Justin? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely significantly smaller than last year, and which was obviously smaller than 2021, where we were in this, you know, complete bull market. However, agree with you. You know, there's been a lot of talk. Our NFT conference is going to exist next year, right? NFT LA, unfortunately, was pretty much disastrous. NFT Miami was great. You know, so many wonderful friends that throw that event, and NFT New York was 
was smaller. However, my feeling is I do hope these conferences continue. And the reason being is even though nobody goes to the conference, it's just it becomes an opportunity as a destination <laughs> where communities can come together, throw satellite events, collectors, builders, they can all come together. And that's where the schmoozing and, and the connecting happens. Exactly. And relationship building continues. And my concern is if the conferences end because, you know, they're not really able to monetize, then these satellite events will dry up as well. Nobody's going to fly to New York to just meet one community. You want to fly to New York because there's that conference and there's, you know, which you're not going to go to, but there's eight events and two parties in the evening. So that's kind of my feeling around that. We'll see. We'll I see. Heard, I heard that because uh, they had it at the Javits Center this year, which is, you know, a fantastic conference center where they hold Huge. the biggest conferences. I talked to to somebody there and they said it was roughly $7 million to put it on at the Javits Center. So I'm sure that they lost their shirt. Uh, I can't my even imagine. probably scale it down next year and it'll be somewhere around Times Square. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be in the, ba- in the back room of the Red Lobster in Times Square. That's exactly, exactly. what we're the one special. <laughs> All right. So moving on here, let's get to the crux of it. We, we invited you guys on, not just because we, we truly enjoy spending time with you on and, and offline, but you guys are thought leaders and expert in this space. And in our world on the immutable mindset, Ken is, is the DJ and the expert. And I play the role of the newbie, even though I'm, I'm Kevin, where, where am I at these days? Have I moved from newbie to like enthusiast? I think that's a good place to be. I think that's a good place to be. All right, so we're going to toss it over to Kevin, who's going to lead us through the next segment. Yeah, just just curious, you know. So let's segue that. You know, you just left at NFT NYC. I know John is a is a constant constant discusser of NFTs. What's your thought process on the let's let's start with the PFP version of NFTs? Where are we at in the state of the market with the PFP version of NFTs and and just NFTs in general? I mean, are we talking about bad cartoons? Is that what we're talking about? Like, <laughs> we're, we're we're talking about the PFP, monkey, right? Good cartoons. Talking, yeah, I mean, you mean the, the 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 monkey cartoons? Yeah, where are we at that? Like, honestly, I I think that phase is basically done. I mean, you know, obviously, there's a few of those projects still around, but those were really well capitalized by big VCs. So the V friends. Yuga Labs. The reality is this. The one thing I will say about Gary B, he is really the only person that has delivered the utility and the roadmap promise to the holders. I think maybe Yuga on some level as well. They have a lot of money, but I mean, after that, you know, in the CryptoPunks, but you know, like some of these OG collections, but after that, I don't know. It becomes, it becomes a little iffy. It looks so, a little iffy, you know? I mean, like, yeah. I, like the Doodles thing with Dapper Labs seems kind of interesting i i don't really yeah. know how successful what's your that's been. what's your idea on the community side of it right so you know for for the projects that are still you know you got the gods you got artifact you got azuki you got a lot of these projects that are still doing yeah, really yeah. well and a lot of the utility from a lot of these holders are it's you know it's community it's it's a lot that's delivered not from airdrops not from anything monetary value curious just your thoughts on that yeah piece. i mean i question. mean the route is okay i think those communities I think are strong, but they're very small. I mean, again, like I really struggle with like the mass adoption part, like, like a Disney, like our, our family's going to be raising their kids on any of these IPs. I mean, that's the, kind of the question I asked. And Justin, you should answer this question. Aside from V-Friends? Yeah. I got to agree with a lot of what John said, but being at NFT NYC as well, my biggest thing is these NFT projects, these PFP projects, they have to create content. They have to expand their IP or they're going to die. Most, I mean, there were, I don't think there was a very, very, very few parties that were actually thrown by the projects themselves because they've run out of money. They don't have any money. Most of the events were actually thrown by the community members, which is quite telling. 
There's no secondary royalties practically. They've all kind of dried up. So from my standpoint, these projects that want to survive to next year or build a quote unquote billion dollar brand have to monetize. They have to work with, you know, whether it's our studio to create cartoons, they have to work with a toy manufacturer. They have to create merch, but they have to create content. Content is what is going totally to agree. actually deliver them and help. But who's them consuming that content? content? Who's going to consume the content? How's it going to get into That goes back to my main point too. Like is a lot of this content, Justin, even built for mainstream. Are these IPs, are these really strong IPs that, because you come from the traditional worker, you're working on like right. Spider-Man, you're working on Disney Channel Plus, you're working, you know, you come from the very traditional entertainment world. Name brands. I mean, how many, how many of these IPs are going to really be able to bridge over? Oh, very few. Into that massive, very, very few. few. And I think it's a, it's a combination of the right teams. So we'll work with, you know, a few projects that have sensational teams where they've actually worked for the largest tech companies. So they have a deep understanding, deep relationships. They have, you know, some of them have phenomenal art and great communities. So that kind of trifecta will hopefully be able to bridge the gap into these, you know, Warner Brothers or Disney or Pixar or DreamWorks. But you know, candidly, most of them are not going to survive. Most of them have been very experimental and fun and, you know, they've had their run and, and that will be it. So interestingly, Justin, you know, you work, you work at a Web3 animation studio. So the tech behind NFTs, I would think would be would be curious to you in terms of. So let me give you an example. So one of the first NFT projects that I ever got involved in was a project called Deadheads. I was about to bring Deadheads, that up. <laughs> Deadheads started. Are you familiar with it, Justin? I actually did a voice on one of their episodes. I, I, Me too. I love their team. Right. I think it's terrific. I, right? Lynette is wonderful. Lynette um, is wonderful. I love we had, we had Betty. We had Betty on it. We had Betty. Betty was on our show. Well, de- that's Dead Fellas, John, that's which dead, is yeah, that's dead funny because they have different. very similar names. So you got Dead Fellas with oh, Betty and then Deadheads. Is, they started as a, a, like an animation. Yeah. So Deadheads started as a, <laughs> that's right. They started as an animation oh, okay. studio. Dead projects. BMI Studios. And basically what they did is their CCO project. So any of their holders, they could stake their NFTs to be in the show. And then in the show, you know, you stake your NFTs, boom. And then now you have the opportunity as that holder to to create merch, to create your own storyline with that own character and do interesting things with that. So the interesting part about the tech when it comes to this side of things is that piece right there for me is I think that this industry is so much more about the community. It's the communitization of things. So not everybody wants to be Disney. A lot of people just want their thousand fans and then they can they could thrive with a thousand fans doing what they're doing. Correct. Now, I do, a, yeah. I do 100% agree with you. The only way Deadheads is going to work is if they create content on content and they, they bring a they bring an audience to them. But I'm just curious on the you know on the tech side. Do you being that you you have a Web three animation studio? Are you guys playing with kind of how Deadheads is using it? Yeah, big fan of Deadheads, and and agree with you, Kevin. I mean, many projects and many content creators, as we know, with a thousand super fans, they can make millions of dollars a year and thrive. Now it's a little bit different with these NFT projects, candidly, because their floor prices has practically gone to zero and they're not getting any secondary royalties. So they need to be able to monetize in a new capacity. This and that's where true. we think bridging the gap and actually creating cartoons or something of that nature will, will be very helpful if this trifecta is there. Yes, I think the tech around NFTs is sensational. So we really look at, at cartoons as next generation storytelling. How do we involve the community? Can, yep. How do we involve the community in terms of the opportunity for them to participate in the story? for them to pitch ideas, for them to pitch episode ideas? How do we set up a channel within their Discord where they can actually audition to be a voiceover actor in the character? Mm -hmm. How do they stake their character? 
how do we incorporate NFTs into the cartoon where they get some behind the scenes content that it obviously is tokenized. So all of these opportunities are fantastic. We're in the very early stages, right? All of us here were pioneers in this. I wouldn't even say we're early adopters because candidly, most people don't even know Definitely. what NFTs are. You know, is that word going to stay around or is it going to be transforming into digital collectibles? Amazon is launching, you know, their platform in the beginning of June and NFTs won't be anywhere there. So yes, I'm a huge believer in the tech and we're very excited to be, to be part of the, the revolution that all of us are in. And I also feel like we should address some of the questions. We got Liam throwing out a bunch of fun stuff. Yeah. Calling John, you know, he's got to be rolling around in his rolls in Dubai. Well, to, to, right. to that, that's a good, that's a good one. And, and Liam did throw a good, well, a good question here. John, what are, what are your thoughts on? So let's talk about the non PFP version of NFTs. Let's talk about some of the cool things that some of these big brands are doing. Yeah. Let's, John, let's, what's, let's, what's your take on, yeah, on Starbucks, Odyssey, Nike.swoosh, what, what some of these big brands and how they're entering the NFT scene. I think. I mean, the Starbucks, the Starbucks one is interesting to me. I don't know why they didn't build that on the back end of their regular app. It, to me, it's just strange. It's a separate app. I know that the Polygon paid Starbucks roughly $30 million. They did their first drop and it, what, it generated about $200,000. So basically, they have negative ROI right now. Although, probably for Polygon, in terms of marketing splash, that was amazing. So they probably got long hundreds play. of millions of dollars. Big time. It's a long play. So... That one's interesting. I still, I think it's weird that it's a separate. It needs to be integrated. Like I think any of these companies that are these brands, it needs to be integrated in the regular mobile app. I think mobile is really the key to driving mass adoption. We're even at Landvault. We're we're changing up everything in terms of our strategy now. I mean, we're still, you know, our early builds were sandbox essential, and now it's more of a, a white label metaverse solution built, you know, on the back end of Unity, Unreal very mobile friendly. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a whole different world. We've, we've really listened to brands and customers and what they want and we're continuing to pivot. So, I mean, honestly, I'll tell you this right now and like in 30 days from now, our strategy could be, will probably be even slightly different than what I just explained. I mean, you have to be constantly moving and listening to the customer and listening to the brands. Yep. So yeah, I mean the Starbucks one, it's interesting, but again, I, I really wish they had built it into the regular app. I think the key is that nobody even knows they're interacting with this technology. I think that's the key because I don't think most people are going to ever care about NFTs, Web3. I mean, because I, the reality is I don't remember ever hearing the words Web1 and Web2. And I seem to just, you know, adopt most of this technology like everybody else. So I, I just I don't know how Web3 became such a thing. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, it's, it's a catch-all. Everything needs a catch-all. Everything needs a, a branding That's forward. Everything needs media. to be. We didn't have social media. Yeah, I, I, think John brings a, I think John brings up a great point, which what is what you know he and Sam and, and their team are doing with Landvault, is you have to be very agile in this space. You have to be able to pivot, listen to your customers from the NFT perspective, You know, listen to the community. What does the community want? How do you bridge that gap and move the space forward? How do you move that NFT project forward? And you always have to be listening, communicating, and pivoting, and, and being agile. And, and the folks and, and the projects that do that successfully are going to be the ones that thrive. I was just going to say, and I, and I agree with John on, on this one, and we've talked about it too. And, and, and I think that the last two years of the negative PR from NFTs, the rug pulls, the scams, the devaluation have really scared people off. And oh, yeah. when, when people hear about wallets getting robbed, like, wait a minute, I'm going to connect my wallet with all my assets to it just to get a, a bonus point on my coffee? No, I think that and we had discussions about this during uh, New York NFT week with some people, there almost has to be an intermediary. I mean, I'm calling it almost like a coin purse, something where you, where you could access brands, loyalty and activation without giving them, you know, access to keys to the kingdom. So I think people are scared. 
they're uneducated. And now we kind of had that forest fire where we had to burn all the shit projects and, and let the oaks and the sapling rise. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, one of the big takeaways from NFT NYC this year, I mean, I listened to one of the founders of OpenSea talk about how, you know, clearly there's been so many scams. I mean, I got hacked significantly. Most of the people in the space have been hacked. But Kevin, it looks like you as well. So, nice. you know, we're I don't have anything anybody wants. And there's so many, right? There's so many of these Web3 infrastructure, NFT infrastructure companies that are going to streamline and yeah. get rid of the friction. MetaMask is ridiculous for a newbie to get into the space and buy an NFT. It's never going to happen. Yep. If we want mass adoption, it has to be like you're not, you don't even have a wallet. You don't even worry about your keys. They're going to be, you're not even going to know what those things are. And that, mm -hmm. that takes a while, right? Tech doesn't happen overnight. But I think within the next six months to, to a year, we're going to see many, many Web3 infrastructure companies that are making this process so streamlined, you know, Starbucks, for example. But as John said, I agree. Why do they have a separate mobile app? You know, most of these brands that are entering through Land Vault and through some of these other companies, they're going to be coming into the space and they don't want any of this friction for their customers. So that tech is being built right now. Those are the roads and bridges we all talk about with infrastructure. It just takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. But when it's here, that's when the mass adoption is going to come into play. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, my, my favorite example of a brand that has done it right is Aloe Yoga. We had Angelique Vendette, their CMO on. There's a lot of reasons why they're doing it well. First off, she's the only decision maker in the room. Like the CEO of that company wants nothing to do with Web3. They don't even know about Web3. They empowered Angelique to make all the decisions. But she has kept it. She just took what was in front of her and did it well. On the NFT side, she just did a simple loyalty membership model just leveled up mm -hmm. the customer experience for their existing customers. She knows who her customers are. So she just leveled it up for them. You know, you get access to like special, like, you know, fashion week, uh, events, special gear, things like that, you know? And then on the metaverse side, she was just like, Hey, let's just build in roadblocks because that's where the most amount of customers are. And that's where the data is. Makes sense. She kept it really simple. And honestly, she crushed it. She crushed it. Makes so, sense. And you know, but again, it goes back to that the original point though. She was the only decision maker in the, in, in the room because that's where a lot of these, that's where a lot of these brands are struggling. Right Process now. paralysis. Too many cooks in the kitchen trying to make decisions. The Immutable Mindset is proudly supported by Meta Intro, the professional resume wallet for web three. The multi-chain custodial wallet holds proof of employment, Proof of skill, proof of education, replacing the old PDF resume. Adjacent to the project, Meta Intro runs a massive Discord community dedicated to Web3 jobs. Around 4,000 opportunities are posted in the community every month. For more information on Meta Intro, head to www.metaintro.com. That's metaintro.com or follow us on Twitter at Meta Intro. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I just want to give a shout out to Liam firing off some questions. I was going to say, Adam, Liam, can you can you put Liam's last thank comment you. back and all, up? And all the comments, thank you, really appreciate have, it. Liam, I got you. I have a question. There's a good about question this. right here. So mass adoption. I go back and forth with everybody about mass adoption and this this thought process that we have, right? And we've been hearing it since I've gotten here. I've been hearing about mass adoption since 2018. This is going to be it. This, you know, DeFi summer. Oh, it's DeFi. Oh, it's game. Oh, it's this. And so, you know, most recently we hear that gaming is that thing. It's going to be that thing that brings everybody on board. What are you guys thoughts on mass adoption? Like, in my opinion, there, it's a death by a thousand cuts, right? There's going to be a thousand things that happen that are going to bring people on. I don't think there's going to be that one killer app. There's not going to be that one thing that brings everybody. I mean, heck, I barely know any gamers, so I don't think it's going to be gaming. What are you guys thoughts on mass adoption? Is there going to be this one thing that happens, this one event? 
or just, yeah, what, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, the only thing I'm going to say is I feel like the model is whatever happened with chat GPT. Like, <laughs> I think that will happen for Web3. It's only on LinkedIn, by the way. That's only on LinkedIn. No, I agree. I mean, it's like you want to talk about one event that transformed the world, ChatGPT, and suddenly now everybody's an AI expert. But it is. I mean, really, AI is pretty unbelievable, and it's how disruptive it is to every industry. Everybody's using ChatGPT and MidJourney. I mean, I don't know everybody, but at least folks that we know. And AI is going to be, you know, is, is well, so disruptive. And that's one thing. But in terms of Web3, how are we going to get to mass adoption? I firmly believe it's going to be, you know, that's why we have a studio. I think it's going to be a cartoon that actually makes that leap. And that is on Cartoon Network or Netflix or Disney or Nickelodeon. But in addition, it's going to be once that launches seamless for folks to be able to buy an NFT. Either it's going to be MetaMask, which I highly doubt, or another product out there that you're not even going to know you're buying an NFT. It's going to be integrated into your life, digital collectibles, in a way that's fun and seamless and education. Maybe the Solana phone. Maybe the Solana phone. But look, and, but look right here, yeah. what Joe and Carlos is talking about too with Reddit. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Reddit, oh, Reddit yeah, did right. it. Reddit yeah, yeah, did yeah, it, yeah. and they didn't even call it NFTs. They didn't call, they call it the avatars, right? There you They're go. So it. right. it's going to be a numerous things that really come into play, yeah. and a lot of this infrastructure that's being built now. When is the magic time that it's going to happen? I mean, we're hoping for the bull market to resume mid to late 2024. How about you know, now? Crossed. That's kind of the thought. And that gives us, you know, <laughs> about a having... year in tech to build, which is, I mean, tech moves fast. So that's possible. But my original point about the chat GPT was, look, it literally took you less than a minute to sign up. It was just like you sign up for any other like account in the world. Literally, you just attach your Gmail address. And then when you see the interface, it looks just like Google search. I'm telling mm -hmm. you, that's what I'm trying to say. That's what web seamless. It was very familiar. It was already a customer journey that the customer, like every customer has already gone through, you know, that's been on the internet anytime in the last, you know, 10 years. So that's what I'm trying to say. Web3 needs that. That's the mass adoption moment. Nothing that exists right now in the space even resembles that. And it's just funny, Justin and, and Kevin, I, I mean, I, I don't want to be mean, but like the fact that you guys are like pros in the space and you're getting hacked. I mean, that's a bad thing. When like, And there was other big time pros that get hacked. Like that's not good. Yeah, but then, Agreed. you know, for, for for every one of those, there's, I mean, you know, we still get phishing emails. Web 2 people are still getting hacked. Mm -hmm. You've been a pro of, of 30 years and you could still get it. So senior, I, senior citizen, I, I, I definitely hear you. We're so nascent, right? Like, like Justin said, we are, we are all right. still the pioneers. We are the early adopters. All this BS about we're in this, like, no, no, we're way early. We are so freaking early. People still think NFTs are PFTs. They don't understand it's a token. They don't understand all the tech that's behind it. So, you know, we still have a, a long way to go. Go ahead, Adam. I know you're going to say something. No, nothing. And, and I think this is a logical, there's a logical transition into speaking early days of, of the metaverse. You know, we're in this early days Absolutely. of the metaverse where we're, we're not getting a lot of like the scammy thievery kind of thoughts on it, but we're kind of getting, why should we care about it? Who's going to use it kind of thing. And I think that leads us to, to talk a little bit more with John about, what the big brands are doing, what their vision is like, am I going to go buy a Hershey bar in the metaverse? Like, what the hell does, does that mean? John, what's, what's like the take you're getting from big brands when they come to you? Where does that advice start from a strategic standpoint of understanding what, where, and why they want to build in this space? Or is it like, shit, the CMO says we need to build in the metaverse and now it's just a checkbox. I'm the senior marketing lead. Now I got to talk with the land vault guys and say, oh, let's build a, a Hershey store in the metaverse. Like, how does that conversation work? Yeah. The problem is, I mean, there, there's a couple of things. I mean, brands definitely want to get in and get those data points. 
the brands that are doing it are the ones that have their executive teams that have signed off on it. So that's, mm-hmm. that's step one. Then you have a group of brands that are interested, but they don't have the money, the budget, you know, obviously, you know, we're, I don't know, if, are we officially in a recession? If I don't know if that has been, has that been claimed or we're close, right? So we won't know there till two years after. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of brands that like they have executives that are interested in doing it, but they don't have the budget or the money. Yeah. So, so we have to attack it at different ways. Right. So, I mean, we're coming up with creative solutions internally to address all those issues, but the brands that are like, again, like the Aloe Yogas, the Starbucks, the Nikes that are getting in there, they're the ones that they're collecting the data now. And it's interesting. A lot of them want to partner with us on the tech side. A lot of them mm. have realized, hey, our IP is it. not ready. Like, a, like yep. a Disney or whatever. You know, it's funny because most of the entertainment companies really haven't leaned much into it, which is is kind of shocking. Everybody was predicting it would be sports, entertainment. Entertainment's really kind of sat back. We've actually seen most traction on our end: finance, banking, mm. governments. It's, it's I believe very it. interesting. Yeah. So. I mean, we have plenty of brands we're talking to, but we're just having to come up with different solutions. You know, the, the thing too is a lot of these brands, I think the Starbucks Polygon thing and uh, some other these big deals, the pay for play thing, it just, it doesn't exist anymore. Like we're not, like companies don't have the money to, Web3 companies do not have the money to give these big, regular big checks to Web2 companies. So it's, it's, it's coming up with different creative solutions to give those brands the power to go out and maybe get the money from other partners that they have. So... We will come up and consult with the, like those brands, give them a strategy to go back to market to wherever they need to get the money to fund the building. But again, it's, it goes back to Web2 and Web3 brands really partnering. Like that's, that's the environment now. It's like, hey, let's build this together yeah. because there's not enough money out there to do it the way it was done that maybe the last couple of years. Yeah. Just to jump in real quick, sure. Liam, you got to bring Liam on as your next guest. He's bringing the heat. So, John, I don't know if I mentioned you during NFT Miami. I ran into Volan, you know who we had on the show yeah, yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Who's who's now yeah. over at Mastercard and yeah, been, uh, just, just some alpha on Mastercard. They have been building and building for the last couple of years, very much behind the scenes and ready to pull the trigger according to some inside information. So they're just kind of waiting for the right time. They're going through. I- some of the issues government wise that need to be taken care of. But, you know, a lot of these big companies, I think that they have been building and I think Liam brought up or somebody else in the comments brought up Apple earlier. Why haven't they taken a big chunk? You know, from our standpoint, they have an army, right? They have an army of engineers, these companies that are trillion dollar companies or $500 billion companies. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes? We end up finding out, well, obviously John would know beforehand with land vault, but a lot of us out there, you know, we may not know until they make the press release and they're ready to go, but they've actually been in the works, tinkering away, building some infrastructure for the last 24 months. And I, I, I've I been saying this, and actually I minted a, a MasterCard NFT and I told Adam I would give him the link just FYI this weekend, just so that's funny. Yeah, but so I said this, you know, big brands, they run after the money, right? So in 2021, they had all the announcements for us, right? This was happening and this was happening and this was happening. What incentive does a big brand have of, of coming out and saying that they're doing this? None. Nobody's looking, nobody's watching. As we all right. said, right? We're the players that are here. We're the early adopters. There isn't enough of a groundswell outside of our space, I believe, that would make sense for them to announce all these things just yet. So what I think they're doing, like in Apple, is they're waiting. They're biding their time, right? Waiting for that time to pounce. You saw today, right? Announced, they announced that weirdly, finance and tech are getting a lot more, a lot more cozy. They announced a 4.1% APY yield on an account at Apple. 
Mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought that was really interesting, right? They're getting into finance, right? Crypto, blockchain. So maybe they're coming in through the back door. Maybe we're thinking entertainment. They have right? the cash. Right. They're coming in through a different way and then little by little. But so you're saying you Apple, know, you're saying Apple's the new bank of the future. They could be. Well, but listen, right? Think about this, guys. What has Elon Musk been talking about? He's been talking about becoming the super app like like they have in China, right? The X app, WeChat. which does finance, which does everything. It's the one app stop shop. I think that people are paying attention. I I it feels like Apple's gonna come out. And it just it just feels like, right, you heard like Liam, who's been killing it. Liam BlackRock is talking tokenization. Larry Fink has been talking about tokenizing the world. All assets are going to be tokenized and put on the blockchain. If BlackRock says it, it might as well be the U.S. government that says it. So I feel like there's just this groundswell and it will happen little by little. But right now, there's just no incentive for these big brands to come out and do this. They're looking at Starbucks. They're looking at Nike, they're looking at all these ones that took the risk. And then I, I let feel them like go first. Let them go first. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, the entertainment companies, you know, Disney had VV, right? We thought maybe Disney would buy Dapper Labs, you know, Warner Brothers, CAA, all of these big entertainment companies or talent agencies or production companies. Most of them had Web3 teams. Some of them still have Web3 teams. A lot of them have disbanded them because, again, in 2021, there was money to be made. It was a gold rush. And then 2022, and now here we are in 2023. We've been in a bear market for a while. For those big entertainment studios and companies that manage massive IP, they don't want to be in a place where it could potentially be a rug pull or potentially they don't sell out of their project or they end up spending more money to introduce it and they're not really doing much with it. I think, as you said, Kevin agreed, you know, they're biding their time. They're either building behind the scenes or they're waiting for the market to return and that's when they'll release some projects. But at this point, what's the point for them? From my perspective, this is a golden time to be building. If you're an NFT project, build your IP and then be able to bridge that gap and kind of be that 2.5 and be able to reach out to those studios and say, look, we have original IP. We have capital. We've got a great community. We have great art. Here's a sample of a cartoon. You know, here's a way for us to be part of the, the future IP. Here's a way for us to be part of the next generation of storytelling. We've incubated it as an NFT project. We've tested it. We've done A-B testing. We figured it out. We know what works and we know what doesn't work. And now let's bring on and work with the big boys. So that's kind of what our thoughts are. Yeah, yeah. But Justin, I mean, like into the metaverse, I mean, it's crazy. Fox is still not even open to the public, which is insane. I mean, most decentralized metaverse in the world. And like some of those builds are, are completely outdated now. So yeah. like, I don't even know what you do. Do you blow them up and have to rebuild them or try to update them? I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, that's why... That's why the entertainment companies have been hesitant. First off, visually, it doesn't look like any like anything they've created. And they're scared as hell to activate their premium IP in such a, a clunky, right. unvisually pleasing environment. So well, I, I agree. Mean, you're, like, I mean, you're the, yeah, you're yeah, the yeah, metaverse. We talk about building, but, but we talk about the building. But I mean, I just think the technology, like you guys said, we're early. I think the, the technology is just not even there to support mass adoption. That That's the other issue. You know, I think... NFTs are there in terms of like a membership model loyalty. I mean, I think the technology is there to support something like that, but like the metaverse, like that's definitely not ready for mass adoption quite yeah. yet. Agreed. I mean, I, we're getting there, but, and I don't know how fast it's going to accelerate, but I mean, cause let's, let's be honest. Like AI has been around for what the, the concept 40 years. I mean, yeah, it's been around long, our mind, like, before the web that's right. long time. Agreed. agreed. Right. And now just, we just now we just hit we just finally hit the kind of mass adoption uh, that's right. moment. So 
Where are we at Web3? I'm not sure. I think it'll be faster adoption just because AI came, like the idea came along way before like a lot of these advancements that are happening now. But still, I think five years is probably, my guess is that's when we're, I think we're about five years from real mass adoption. In my yeah, estimation. I agree. I think that's, that's, that makes total sense. It just, just one yeah. thing to add to that is part of me was always like, all right, Sandbox is Centraland. You know, this is ridiculous. There's no users there. Every, all the users are in Roblox and, and Minecraft. That's where the brands want to be. But I've been thinking about it more recently, which is, look, these big metaverse companies, a lot of these stuff that we're kind of working on or, or we're not working on it, but tangentially, we know the builders that are working on it. They're experimenting. This is an yep. experimental phase. And a lot of this stuff is going to go away. A lot of it's not going to work. A lot of the users are not going to adapt to it because it doesn't make sense. But we shouldn't necessarily be condemning that, right? Because in tech, new technology comes a lot of experimentation that doesn't work, but something that that a company maybe have experimented on will lead to something that's transformative. And I think that that's kind of where this space is, especially in the metaverse. I mean, I'm not bullish on on most of those companies surviving. Candidly, I think it's going to be the big video game companies that are going to come in and dominate like EA, yep. et cetera, that have all the users. But that doesn't mean that something that Sandbox or Decentraland built or tried to build isn't going to turn into something that will be transformative in five or 10 years. Well, not to get too nerdy, but that that's why I'm so excited about this space, the composability, right? Exactly what we're talking about. The languages that we're using to build a lot of this, they're composable. So a developer can go on top of another developer's code and, and build something even cooler than the last one built. That's what's so awesome about this space is it, it feels like we're, I think you guys are exactly right. I think you're a hundred percent right. We are, we're, we're close that again, I, I don't think there's necessarily going to be this one mass adoption thing, but we're, you know, again, tech takes a long time to build long time to secure, but we're in that experimentation phase where you're going to figure out and see what happens, right? They're Bitcoin ordinals. That's a great representation of an Let's experimentation. Talk about that. Who the heck that was a Bitcoin maxi wanted a NFT on their blockchain. I don't think they did, but spawned out of that. Now, my guy, uh, Giancarlo, in the comment section, the gods, Utes, they went over mm -hmm. and, and built and built some uh, some NFTs and some IP over on Bitcoin. And those things are flying. I think they're going for like four, four uh, Bitcoin right now. And now that spawned Udi. I don't know if you guys know Udi, who's kind of a, a big Bitcoin uh, influencer. Now he's talking about building all this stuff. So it just feels like it spawned a new excitement, a new energy. And that's, Justin, you hit the nail on the head. Experiment. Like, that's what it does, right? You get excited. You hear about something new. You're like, oh, I didn't think about that. Now you have new thoughts and then you build. That's what's so exciting about this space. That's, sure. that's where mean, it like, feels like we're at. Like you said, I mean, Bitcoin maximalists hated ETH. They hated, hated NFTs. ETH. And here you go. You got Bitcoin, you know, ordinals that are just blowing up. And you, now you have all these, these Bitcoin maxis that are like, oh, NFTs are mm -hmm. quote unquote, they're called ordinals. This is interesting. And these things are flying and making a lot of dough. And here we are in this very experimental phase with, you know, NFTs on Bitcoin. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the fun of this of this space is you never know what's going to happen. I mean, ordinals popped up, what, a, a few months ago? And and now there are all these builders and collectors in the space. And, you know, I still have a, a difficult time understanding it. But early folks that are very early on have made a, a killing on them. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the fun. That's where we are. And we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously. You got to be a little irreverent because we don't really know where it's going to go. Yeah, this has been a, this has been a great chat. And this is what we like. This is our first live show. And I think it's a pretty cool concept. It's just have an open and honest conversation. It's not as structured as a podcast. We know what you guys do. We'd rather use this time to involve the community, bring in some comments, bring in some questions and just spur a lively conversation. So, Kevin, br bring us home here. Let's wrap the show up today. 
you know, again, really appreciate you guys for, for joining us. Really appreciate everybody for joining us, for interacting with us, for having some awesome questions. Liam, Dennis, Gian, appreciate y'all for coming along. I've lost my train of thought, Adam. Can you help me wrap up this show? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, absolutely here. So we, I, I want to do one kind of final hot take question to each of you here while Kevin kind of regains his thoughts on, on this Monday morning here. John, what do you think the biggest threat to the future of the metaverse growing and mass adoption is? What do you think the, the single biggest threat is going to be? Security. I think it's security. I think it's the security issue. So I actually was talking to a company today that has... Uh, an AI security company built for the metaverse. So I'm super intrigued by that. But I think that's that's where a lot of brands, institutions will have hesitation, right? I mean, there's just there's there's really no there's no policing of it right now. So there's not it's not it's you know your your kids could be interacting with who knows who, who knows right and with the avatars and all that. You know, I think I think the security thing. So there's a lot of interesting things happening in security with like biometric data and things like that and stuff I don't even understand. But yeah, I would say for me, it's security. Justin? For the metaverse? That's that's your world. Yeah, uh, Justin, Justin, in, in, in your world, let me, let, me, let me spin around right here. I mean, you're working on some pretty creative stuff out there. And leave us with a, with, with one piece of alpha out there from a, from a creative standpoint. What's something that really gets you excited? And not just what you're working on, but what others are working on when it comes to utilizing creativity. And it can be even the one-on-one art, like getting back to the the origin of where NFTs really started with the one-on-one art. Like, what are you seeing in the in the community? What are you hearing the word on the street at these events? What is it that's really keeping your fire lit in this space? Oh boy, that's a hard one because there's so many well, things. That's why it's the last question. Said, you know, one-of-one one art, art blocks is blowing up. It's still, you know, if you got a school, rocking. if you got some of those fantastic art blocks curated pieces early on, I think those are going to be long-term holders we got a lot of like Asian and Russian collectors that have popped in the market recently. And a lot of these pieces of art, I think, will be, you know, exploding over the next 10 to 20 to 30 years. That's not really my world. I think what really gets me excited and kind of what I gathered from NFT NYC, again, are the smart teams with great communities that are really focused on expanding their IP. How do they get to that Web2 world where they can incorporate NFTs into their project, into their content, but build that that huge audience, which will actually help them get to a billion dollar brand, so they can actually build toys, build merch, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, TV shows. So that's what that's what gets me super excited. That's what gets me up every day working to help those projects do that with our team. I just want to I want to thank the commenters, Giancarlo, Liam, dude, you brought the Dennis. fire, Dennis. Kevin, Adam, this was awesome being on. You know, we we we're thrilled to have you guys on NFT Heat. Love I got a plug. I got a plug uh, for everybody. We're getting to the plug. Yeah, I got Check you. Out. I got you. I got you. Oh, Kevin's got gonna bring you. the plugs. Perfect. I got you. Everybody, plugs of all time. Real quick, real quick. Proof and Zen Academy, just for the record, are doing amazing things with one of one artists. I just wanted to say that. Okay. Cool. Check Thank out you crypto guys. Toys. Checked out crypto toys. Thank you all for tuning in to today's first live episode of The Immutable Mindset with myself and Adam, where we had an incredible conversation with our guests, John Craspy and Justin Shankaro. We hope this discussion has sparked your curiosity, inspired you to think more about the future of technology and how it can reshape our daily lives. Justin, let's start with you. Please let the people know where to find you on social and let them know anything you got going on. All right, cool. What's up, everybody? So just at Justin Shankaro. It's uh, Shankaro is similar to Cruise or Pit in terms of the spelling. Yeah, check IMDb also. There. 
but at Justin Shankaro, and then watch our daily cartoon show. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. We got to get on LinkedIn, which is John's territory, but we're at the morning fork and, you know, check out our studio, but always reach out to me. I'm, I'm very transparent and available all the time. And, and thanks for, for tuning in. Thank you, John. Love it. Amazing. Hashtag like bedtime. LinkedIn, obviously. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not going to the gym tomorrow until eight thirty, so we're good. I've, I've had to adjust a little bit because I'm taking. I take a lot of meetings like from seven p.m. on, so it's uh, it's kind of crazy. We have yeah, to time shift, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's all good though. I've, I'm kind of finally adjusted to this new normal. But uh, yeah, at you know John Kraski on LinkedIn, we have the NFT Heat podcast. You can find us there. At, well, at TV NFT show now is off. Correct. And then I just started filming a new TV series. Don't worry, Justin. I'm not cheating on you. It's going to be called <laughs> Land Vault Live from Dubai, Building the Future of the Metaverse. Oh, We're going to be awesome. doing 31 to two-minute episodes. We already shot like 15 of them on Friday. The Rolls Royce was one of them. But we're trying to – We're kind of. it's kind of like I think CNBC meets Bravo. Like that's mm. a, It's kind of like going to be a little more fun because here's the thing that you guys know. Content on LinkedIn in terms of Web3 is a little stale right now. And there's a, there's a, I think there's a blue ocean opportunity to start yeah, to create your own original content and kind of control the narrative. So that's what we're trying to do because let's let's face that's it. You. I mean, AI, you just said, don't even try to compete with the AI stuff. That's, that'll that'll yeah, we don't bother with well, that. I think, yeah, but, but, that, but Web3, I think, I think the, the most successful creators in terms of Web3 are the ones that are going to start creating their own original content. Something fun like this. This is actually, this is a killer show. I love it. I've, 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 trust me, I, Justin and I have done tons of podcasts and guest appearance. This is by far my, probably one of my favorites. Like, it's just interactive. It flows well, naturally. It doesn't feel forced. Yeah, I would come back anytime. I mean, it's like, it's fun. It's a, uh, yeah, you guys. Have we're ch- we're chopping it up. So, we're, no, don't worry. We know you're, well, we know you're sending you? us the private jet to go to Dubai. We know. Don't worry. Are no, we going to see you on Bravo? Just like, a virtual uh, private jet. You know, the... <laughs> Well, I don't, I, I was going to say, we can't do the real housewives or the real house husbands, but like, what is, it's like, no, it'd be, it'd be, no, 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 the real really, DJs of web three. No, yeah, you really, no, but so real DJs of web three, but somebody said a million dollar metaverse listing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, they're, they're out there right next to, right next to, right, right next to Snoop Dogg. But, but I do want to, I do want to kind of close on one final thought here. Because yeah. this is what Kevin yeah. and I are doing with our show. With the Immutable Mindset, right now we're we're about 12 to 15 episodes recorded, nine episodes aired. It's an, an experiment for it us. It's an iteration. Like Last week, Kevin and I had a breakthrough as far as how we're going to reframe kind of our show. Because we, we, we felt that we were kind of lost and being very open and transparent as far as like, yeah. who are we talking to here? What's our target? Are we talking to everybody? Yeah. And then we're talking to nobody. So we're reframing the show up. This is the start of it where we're going to be doing two cu- types of content. These open format probably once every couple of weeks, and we'll be doing a lot more of them. And then our show is going to take a little bit of a turn. Same awesome guest, but we're going to be a bit more laser focused on where we're going with it. So Kevin, John, Justin, I want to thank everybody out there. You know where to find out more. You can check us out on the Immutable Mindset across all social media channels. Find us in the links. You can find us on Apple, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Check out more. Gentlemen, have a great day. Everyone out there who interacted, everyone who's listening on the replay, we thank you. Have a great day and take care. Goodbye, everybody. Stay curious. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Immutable Mindset. We appreciate you for joining us. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Immutable Show. Subscribe, comment, and network. And catch us next week for more. Take care, folks.